Everybody, welcome to episode 34 of the Social Screenwriters Podcast. I am your host, Andy Compton, and today on the show we have a very special guest. Her name is Andrea Birding. So Andrea is a Chicago-based screenwriter. She has a screenplay, a feature screenplay called Breston Show that's gotten her quite a bit of buzz over the last few years. Um, it even led to her getting a manager at Tobias Management, which we talk about in this episode. It's based on her real experience as a breast cancer survivor, and um, it's made a lot of noise, and that's one of the reasons I've wanted to have her on the show. Um, also, I've just known her for a while, and we've been internet friends, as most people who come on this show. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the episode here in a second. Andrea's great. You're going to love her. Um, if you were in or around St. Louis this Saturday, July 22nd at 9 p.m. at the High Point Theater... If you want to come out and see a short film I wrote and directed called CAPTCHA, it's a sci-fi horror, what do we call it? A sci-fi thriller horror comedy, I think is what we called it. Um, Yeah, it's a film about a guy who, uh, when his roommate fails to complete a very simple internet CAPTCHA, he begins to suspect that he might be living with a robot. And you can come and check that out with some other cool short films at the St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase. Again, Saturday, July 22nd at 9 p.m. this Saturday, because today is July 18th. So it's this Saturday. If you're listening after Saturday, then it's last Saturday. Okay, good. We got that cleared up. Um, what else is going on? Um, just, you know, support the strike. This is the first episode I've done since SAG-AFTRA announced their strike. So things are heating up. Hopefully more pressure is being put on the AMPTP and we're all rooting for SAG. Um, if you're, I'm in St. Louis, so I feel like I'm on an Island out here, but, um, if you are in New York or Chicago, even, or especially LA, or anywhere, and you're out there picketing, I truly thank you so much. Um, I love seeing it on social media. If I was there, I would be out there as well. Um, what you're doing matters, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And uh, I really, really appreciate it and wish that I could come partake. But I'm in St. Louis, and I'm poor. I'm poor. I can't come out there. I wish I could fly out there. Um Anyway, guys, that's about it for me. Um, if you like what you hear in this episode, you can post about it on Twitter or Instagram or Blue Sky or Threads or wherever the fuck anyone's going anymore. But um, I'm mainly on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can post there at Social Writer Pod is our tag. You can tag us up and say something you liked about the episode, say something cool Andrea said, say something dumb that I said, and uh, we take all feedback. Um, I would really appreciate it too. It just continues to help me grow the podcast, which is always the goal. Um, that's about it for me right now, guys. Let's get into the episode with Andrea Birding. Andrea Birding, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. So yeah, as we were saying before my technical difficulties got in the way, um, <laughs> we've known each other since like 2020-ish, mm-hmm. which is honestly... 
it's most of my guests because that's when I started using Twitter for mm-hmm. screenwriting purposes and filmmaking purposes. Um, but yeah, we've known each other since the beginning, I think. And I've always been fascinated by your um the content of I think the script that you were first breaking in with is Breast and Show, right? Yeah, that wasn't my um it was my first feature that I wrote. Um, and that's really what's like gotten me the most attention, the most like progress moving forward. Um that's impressive. Yeah, I had written a pilot before that and a couple shorts, but that was my first like feature. And now I'm on yeah. draft like 1000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, working on it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I always thought it was such a crazy, inspiring story. I don't know if you would want to like, if that's something we just jump right into, but um, what is Breast and Show about? And, um, you know, just the story behind it, because I think that's what was always so capt- captivating to me about not only the project, but you as a screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, so Breston show is about a young breast cancer patient. She's 26. Um, who, uh, she's a burlesque dancer and she, um, joins a support group as part of her treatment. And she's the youngest member by like 30 years. (laughs) And um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she, uh, ends up bonding with them over like the, uh, body image issues that come with a breast cancer diagnosis and treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, she, teaches them to learn to love their bodies again through the art of burlesque. Ah, that's so beautiful. And it's, it's vaguely or maybe more than vaguely inspired by your own experience. Yeah. So I, um, I was not 26 when I got diagnosed, I was 30, but I, uh, in adapting this and like creating this new character, I was like, how do I make it worse? I'm a pretty <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I was 30 when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, about about five years out from finishing treatment though so that's that's pretty cool um amazing and and i am also a former burlesque dancer and um the idea for it actually came from um i'm a member of a couple support groups and one of the women in the support group is a physical therapist and she um was doing like this workshop for like, cause you know after a mastectomy like you lose a lot of range of motion and so she was like doing this like free workshop of like physical therapy, like exercises. And I was like talking to my husband about it. And I was like, God, I wish I could like do something for this group, but like, what would I even lead a workshop on? Like, what do I know how to do? Like a burlesque workshop. And I was like, ding, that's, that's yeah. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, I love that so much. And I love the fact that, I mean, it was your first feature, but I think it says a lot that like when you write from the heart and Mm -hmm. write something truly about the human experience because it is actually your lived experience um it just shows the power that that can have in a feature that like you know look your first one is doing so well and i kind of had a similar experience with my first feature suplex Mm -hmm. in that um i wasn't a wrestler but it, (laughs) it really had a lot to do with um you know feeling uh feeling inadequate and ill-equipped to um move forward in life and that's basically what the story it's my metaphor for that it's told through a wrestling story but um i think that it's so based on my lived experience that it ended up working out really well and um being the thing that kind of got me some praise but also um i don't know if you would agree with this too it's like it's almost like the content was really good so then the screenwriting like skills had to try to catch up on the fly because it was like 
anyone who reads this script or probably your early drafts of Breston show is like, oh, the story's here. Formatting is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. The structure is kind of <laughs> weird. Things could be better, but there is a heart of a kernel of a great story here. And like that always really excites me whenever I read a script like that. That's like, oh, you can tell this person's still like figuring it out, but at the core of it, they are talented. Like they have something <laughs> here. That's like or one of my it's like it's like a story to tell, you know, like there's there's something yes. in there that's important to get across. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love that so much. Um but yeah, yeah, some people just come right out of the gate and then it's like, oh shit, now I have to try to get good at this <laughs> because yeah. like uh, I'm not quite there yet. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I also had this when your first one is kind of good, did you ever have a script later that was a dud and you're like, what the hell? Like I, I haven't experienced that yet. Uh yeah, I um <laughs> I it's been interesting since signing with my literary manager and just like seeing like what he connects with and what he doesn't. Cause like I wrote like this like road trip comedy that I was excited about and he was like, mm, I'm not connecting with it. And I was like, okay, mm. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And that's how that's how it goes too, is like it's like a yeah, no. And you're just like, <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. The, the, the thing I just poured my heart and soul into for a few months. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We'll just throw that in the trash, I guess. Um, but like, I'm, I'm a firm believer though, too. Like I've learned to believe this after, you know, doing that, you write a good one and then you write one that no one's really getting. And you're like, I feel like this is good. Why is it not working? But, um, putting those on the back burner and like, they'll come back around. And then sometimes for me, I had at one point, two features that didn't really work that I'm kind of like melding now into one feature that's a little stronger. Like I'm kind of taking elements from both and putting in into this new context. So like, I do think that like, if you do this long enough and stick around long enough, which both of us are still pretty early in our journeys, but if you just keep doing it, that like, you're going to have like this closet stored away of ideas that never quite got their shine and maybe one day a light bulb will turn on and you'll be like, oh, shit, that scene from that old dead project should go here and it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I tell myself that lie, at least. <laughs> um, OK, so before we get too far into it, because you re- mentioned that you're repped with a manager, I do want to read your bio, if that's OK, to you, sure. because it's always crazy, awkward for every writer to have their bio <laughs> read to them in person. But uh, here we go. Andrea Birding is a live theater professional, having spent most of her career backstage in the world of wardrobe. It took a global pandemic closing down theaters worldwide to get her to sit down and write her first screenplay. But now that she started, she can't stop. Andrea received her BFA in theater education from VCU in Richmond, Virginia. She lives in Chicago with her husband and rescue dog. Um, And you were trying to sell your dramedy feature, Breston Show. You are represented by eric c jones at tobias management since july of 2022 so one year just about happy, yeah yeah oh, happy well, one yeah, year I anniversary yeah. i forgot that it's july right now <laughs> i know it just turned july i can't believe that it's july yeah it's, it's crazy uh, is time moving faster do you think that do you have a theory or, or am i just busier I just came off of a wild month at work so i'm just like what was june it just <laughs> it just didn't exist <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel too. I know it was a whirlwind. Um, I just I can't believe that we're seven months into the year. And I know that's something that like old people say as like small talk conversation, you know, like it's almost like talking about the weather. 
but yeah. it's true. Like, I just, I cannot believe that, um, that time seems to be moving as quick as it is. We're already, I mean, we're three and a half years out from the start of the pandemic and yeah. it's like, oh gosh, that was three years ago. But anyway, that's a talk for another podcast. Um, <laughs> so I do want to, uh, jump into the very beginning for you. So we talked about it, a global pandemic starts and that's how you started screenwriting, but I want to even expand on that. So Andrea, how did you get into screenwriting? Yeah. So like I mentioned, you know, my background is in live theater. I, um, have been doing it since I was 10, you know, like I started out just like performing in children's theater and, um, loved it, performed throughout high school, went to college for it, for theater education, thought I wanted to be a theater teacher, mm-hmm. tried being a theater teacher right out of college, didn't love it. Um, mm-hmm. Decided I want to do theater for grownups. And, um, you know, I've been doing it. I've, I've been working in wardrobe professionally since 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had that kind of like storytelling, like I've been kind of like brought up with that kind of storytelling, you know, my whole life. And um, I had ideas in my head for like a play, a movie that would be cool, a TV show that'd be cool. But I just, I was always like, ah, I don't know how to do that. I don't have time to learn how to do that. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. whatever, like I'll just push that aside. Um, But then everything shut down. My whole industry shut down with the pandemic. Like Mm -hmm. I was furloughed for a year and a half, you know, like I, yeah, (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. wild. And um, I, just didn't know how to fill my days, you know? And so I, I kind of had these ideas kind of like, you know, way in the back of my head that I was like, well, I got the time, (laughs) I guess now I can Mm -hmm. like how to do this. Uh, And so I wrote my first uh, TV pilot neurotransmission, which is like a one hour sci-fi. And it was so bad. Mm -hmm. It was so bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I like, Posted on Reddit and got like the really harsh feedback from Reddit and like, uh, <laughs> oh, that's um, so brave. Yeah, yeah. Maybe naive. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I didn't group yet. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it helped me figure out the right direction. You know, and um, I'm glad that I stuck with it. You know, but that's 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 what kind of pushed me to jump into it. Was just like not having anything else to do and needing something to distract me from like, what is the fate of my entire industry? (laughs) Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. And you got to go through that too. Like my, my first ventures with screenwriting were um, trying to write a feature Mm -hmm. and I've told the story a little bit before, but like, I just didn't understand structure. I never Mm -hmm. knew there was like a formula. Yeah. And um, so I would just freestyle write to like page. I would always get to like page 35, 40, and then mm-hmm. I would hit a wall and I'm just like, I don't know what to do, where to go. And um, which ironically now knowing is like the second act and it's like the yeah. hardest part to write of a, a movie. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I could always get into it, but I could never get far and it was never good. But anyway, I did that three times. I wrote like to page oh, 40, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, gave up, started over all in the same script and um, tried Please. again, gave up, tried again, gave up. And I actually never wrote that movie. But um, that was around like 2016, 2017 that I was doing that and um, just could not figure it out. And they were horrible. So <laughs> I, I totally feel you. And I can't can't imagine what would have happened to me if I would have put that on Reddit. 
(laughs) (laughs) That is, that is, that's scary to me. Like right now at the level of writing I'm at now, which is like, I'm sort I'm kind of confident in it now. I know I can kind of tell a story, but even now I'd be scared to throw my shit on Reddit there (laughs) or any pocket of the internet, to be honest. Like it's, it's scary. Like I've done first page Friday a couple of times. If you've seen Mm -hmm. that on Twitter and even that I'm like, I'm freaking out inside about, you know, for Mm -hmm. people reading one page, it's just like, it's so vulnerable to show (laughs) you, you know? Yeah. I posted one once to a first page Friday that ended up in like, I was not involved, but it ended up in like a long discussion thread about like a grammar choice I had made. Oh oh, no. (laughs) No way. Whether or not not something was passive voice. I was like, Oh God. (laughs) That's so funny. It's so funny too. Like, Cause stuff like that, like, you know, is it a passive voice or like, is this like a, you know, whatever kind of possessive um, noun or whatever. I'm fairly dumb about stuff like that. Like I just, I kind of write on instinct and like how I think sentences should sound based on what I've heard in the world and read in the world. But like um, when it comes to really getting into detailed grammar, um, Mm -hmm. I I don't really know. And the thing I love about screenwriting too, is that like, I feel like it's the least formal form Mm -hmm. of writing that you can do. So you, you can kind of get away with a lot, you know, as long as the writing is good. And um, I mean, you should still be using, you know, basic punctuation and things like that. But like, like stuff like that, if people were getting into that about my script, I'd be like, fuck you. I don't really (laughs) care. I just fuck off. Um, I'm just not as worried about it, especially because I think, you know, some of the quote unquote gatekeepers, like even those people don't really give a shit, especially oh. about something like that. They don't mm. care about that. It's it's about the story. Definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's great. So you've been writing since 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. And, screenwriting. You know, like I throughout yeah. like high school and college, I would write like short stories every once in a while, like prose, but the like screenwriting really started for me in 2020 um yeah man you've been on a fast track you've probably yeah. heard that before <laughs> yeah. literally literally did the fast track fellowship with oh that's so hilarious yeah you did yeah that's so funny <laughs> i love that that's great okay cool so um this is also a question that every writer loves to hear uh mm-hmm. how would you describe your brand yeah um so what I what I always say is that like I write about women. I write about women who are going through like the worst time of their lives, but finding like what's funny about that, what's weird about that, what's like where's like the lightness inside mm-hmm. of that, you know. Um it's my favorite like, kind of story. Yeah, and like I would I would say like dark comedies, dramedies, um occasionally dipping my toe into genre stuff lately but um at its core very much just like you know it all it all comes from like my own personal coping mechanisms and sense of humor you know like yes yeah same I had cancer and did a stand-up act about it at my friend's variety show you know yeah 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 Um, and that's just again coping mechanism is just the best word for I can think of for like how I kind of discovered and developed my my quote-unquote brand yeah absolutely no I totally relate I think so many people in the world do to using comedy Mm -hmm. to give levity to the darkest shit that's going on in your life um no matter what that is and like yeah uh 
totally relate and totally love that style of writing. So you also mentioned that your first pilot was sci-fi and you mentioned now that you're dipping your toes into genre. Uh, what type of genres? Because I'm kind of experiencing the same thing. Dramedy writer, dark comedy writer, but also mm-hmm. now I'm a huge, huge horror fan. So I'm like kind of dipping my toes in. Uh, I'm trying to find the right bridge project for me, like going into horror, because like I, I think <clears throat> comedy is involved in a lot of horror. It's yeah. um. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out the way to do it best. But I'm curious for you, what kind of genres are you dipping into? Yeah, my um, my <laughs> newest like idea, I would like hesitate to even call it a work in progress yet because it's mm-hmm. still just in, like the idea creation is this anything phase but um is a horror comedy um oh sick yeah so we'll see we'll see where that which is like kind of off brand for me (laughs) Um, but but we'll see so i'm hoping i can spit it out and see if it's anything (laughs) yeah nice yeah it's like one for one reason that i want to do it is i absolutely love horror Mm -hmm. but another reason is that uh man horror is still doing crazy well out there in the world and it's like uh why why would you not want to have because that's that's i don't know if you think about this and any people listening who like to write dramedies like the i love movies that are just tiny little indie movies tiny little dramedies that um they don't make a lot of noise though and they definitely don't do much at the box office and you know um we can't all be success focused 100 of the time over story but however on the flip side I do want to have a movie that does well, you know, like I do want to like make money and like, and it's that thing they say about like, you're only good as the last movie that you made, like in Mm -hmm. the eyes of like, you know, again, the gatekeepers, people holding the keys and um, yeah, it would suck. Cause you just see, I've seen so many amazing little dramedy movies come and go and no one really, you know, cares. And if they even get a theatrical run, it's very small, limited theaters. And, you know, those kind of movies that you Google their box office and it's like 200 K and you're like, damn, that didn't do very well at all. Um, But they're good movies. And um, so, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it sucks because I I love that style of writing, but I'm also like entertaining other ideas because I just want to, you know, have a career. Yep. Exactly. I don't it would be a dream come true to make a movie that ends up on a streamer but mm-hmm. at the same time it's almost like a death sentence the way streaming is is like you know so many of those movies they get thrown on a streamer with thousands of other titles to die yep. you know and never be heard from again so it just it sucks <laughs> industry's in a weird place i've really grown to have a disdain for streaming <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like it, it was so cool in the beginning and now it's just like not only like the fatigue I get from like, like it's like decision fatigue. Like, what do I watch? There's so much. I don't know what to watch. There's too many options. But um, but also obviously the way that it's affected the uh, the marketplace, and then also that it killed Blockbuster. That's like my yeah. main thing yeah. is that it killed yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. So dramedy, dark comedy, uh, stories about women um overcoming the darkest hardest moments of their lives with levity uh let's talk about you as a writer like the when you're actually in the process of writing so since everyone's routine is unique can you describe to me your regular writing routine like are you like a morning writer are you a nighttime writer do you write at home do you write in a coffee shop like what's it usually like when you for you for you when you write 
Um, I kind of have two modes. Uh, most of the time I'm at home, I'm in my living room. I'm on my couch at my coffee table um, with my dog, like climbing on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's very needy. Yeah. Um, my other mode is like, I remembered to bring my laptop to work and I'm working on something on my break. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, so I work nights and weekends. I work in theater, theaters back. I work in theater again. Um, yeah. Yay. And, uh, yeah. So I, when I'm at home, I'm normally working like during the morning or like early afternoon before I go to work. Um, if I'm on my break at work, it's usually like early evening on like the dinner break between shows. Um, and that's usually like in the wardrobe office with the laundry machine going like mm-hmm. at the table with like my Red Bull so I can survive the next show. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of got like two two writing modes yeah one very actually both chaotic because you got the dog yeah. climbing on you here you got the washing machine over here uh that's awesome um so in talking about like your writing process let's say that you have a brand new idea like this horror comedy mm-hmm. what is the first thing you do when you get this brand new idea do you jot down a bunch of notes about it and what you're feeling about it do you jump into an outline do you write a log line or a title or do you just start writing pages i've kind of heard it all uh what's the first thing you do whenever you have a brand new idea yeah so the the very first thing i do which is kind of the phase that i'm in right now with this horror comedy is like i call it like my brain vomit document Mm -hmm. so like i'll just like start a google doc and like the title is just like theater horror comedy brain vomit (laughs) Uh and just like barf out just like what's what's the concept what's the idea and it's also like I ju- it's very stream of consciousness and it's just like asking myself questions like okay and if this person is like this then what does that mean and why does this happen and just like kind of talking to myself just like in this document <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then inside of that I usually like mess around with log lines um and I do like a hundred log lines just like trying to figure out like that how do I make this make sense yeah probably literally a hundred but it feels like it um yeah and then from there I'll do a beat sheet Mm -hmm. um because I know I know it's people roll their eyes at it but I'm I'm gonna save the cat same (laughs) Same. Yeah. <laughs> save the cat yeah, army so, rise yeah, up so, yeah so i'll uh, jump into like a save the cat style beat sheet um just to get like the the rough basics and i i like aspire to be an outline person i like wish i was an outline per- i feel like everything would be easier if i was an outline person yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just not like I, i'll yeah. like start and then I get into like the first act and I'm, then I'm just like so excited to start writing it that I'm just like, I just like jump in and I'm like, well, I guess this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I've I found, first of all, you are one of the rare people like me who um, you like to write some log lines before you get mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. I do too. I feel like it's the most, it's the best way for me to like get a focused sentence of what this story is. Yeah. Like um, what is it about? You know? Yeah, what's it about at its core? And also, is that captivating? Because I think right. like if your mm-hmm. log line is like just not hitting, then it's like, okay, maybe I need to take this a step further, this idea. Like I need to add in some kind of other element that's more dramatic or something. 
but um but also with um the outlining i feel like i'm always in that like middle ground of like am i a person who should be outlining or am i a person who should be writing straight up just like pages and i've kind of done both and had a little success both ways but like yeah outlining is so hard because i feel and let me know if you feel this way too a big reason that i have a hard time outlining is that i feel like i don't know the characters yet so it's really hard to say what they're gonna do or anything and it just kind of feels like you're just talking about random people rather than you know actual three-dimensional human being like random like caricatures rather than like the three-dimensional human being that you want to eventually have in your story and um i've started doing this weird thing where now it's like i'll kind of loosely do a beat sheet and then i jump in and i write the entire first act up until the like break into act two and then i go back and outline the rest because I feel like now I know these characters because like I just need to get in there and like let them talk and just figure out like how they speak and things like that which is real weird writer talk like I don't know maybe some people roll their eyes at that but like (laughs) it it is a thing for me it's like I got to figure out who these people even are and it's like then it's like this weird thing of like are these people like do I just have like random people living in like the recesses of my brain that like (laughs) I don't even know exist yet yeah um but then also i just had a lot of characters who say fuck a lot so that's that that's like a, a part of my style yeah yeah, yeah I, everyone is a form of that character for me but um but yeah anyway it's a it's a really interesting thing and that's like one of the most interesting thing i think about doing this podcast is talking to all my writing friends about that about like just how do you feel about outlining or like what's your pro the the idea of that we're all chasing the same end goal and we're all reaching the same end goal, but there's a million different ways to get there. Oh, that's and so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Just to say which way is right, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, Andy here, just popping in to let you know that this episode of the Social Screenwriters Podcast is sponsored by Roadmap Writers. Roadmap Writers is a training and talent discovery platform for writers around the world. To date, Roadmap has helped 344 writers sign to representation through their introductions, one of those being me. Check out Roadmap Writer's unique career writer program to give you the tools to master your pitch, market your material, and actually get in front of people that can make a difference. And now let's get back to the show. Uh, okay, cool. So yeah, we're, we're similar in that way. Um, on average after your idea generation has come about and you're ready to start writing about how long does it take you to write a first draft um like from the minute that you start actually writing pages let's say for a feature yeah it's for a feature it's it's really hard to say because i I think the fastest i've done a first draft was in a month Mm -hmm. um just because i just challenged myself to be like, all right, we're going to write this many pages a day and we're going to mm-hmm. do it in a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be done. And it's going to be yeah. bad, uh, but it's going to yeah. be done. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the quickest I've done it. But like, I've also like the, the road trip comedy I mentioned before, I like got probably to like page 50, page 60. And then I was like, well, I don't know what happens next. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I just like tucked it away for probably like six months mm-hmm. and just like stopped thinking about it. 
then just one day I was like, Oh, I, I know what happens now. <laughs> yeah. That's so strange. <laughs> and I, pulled it, and I pulled it back out. So that one altogether, like including the big break I took on it was probably like eight or nine months to get that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, like, yeah. Done. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like I have like a huge, I don't know that I have like an average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a huge disparity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably comes down to like how well formed the idea is in the first place, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I used to be like a three to four month person for a feature. And, um, but that was more so when I was actively in film school and I was like, you know, like gun to my head writing all the time. Now it's gotten a lot harder to stay focused. And like, I'm trying to make like little short films and stuff. And that takes up a lot of time. Like just, yeah. you know, pre outside of production, just the pre-production and the post on it, just preparing and then finishing is taking a lot of time. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to stay on course. And I also do find it fascinating. Like you said, like, I like to think of ideas as like, um, like baking bread, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have like a little bit of dough and you put it in the oven in your brain and sometimes you just got to leave it there. And like, it's, it's really crazy to me how, like, I feel like our brains like subconsciously do work on things that we just place in the brain. And then we think we stop thinking about it, like on a conscious level. But like, I feel like subconsciously it does work because one day like you, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I need to do. And it's almost like my brain was like thinking on it for a while, uh, unbeknownst to me. But yeah, oh, it's wow. really fascinating. Um, but yeah, that that's super fair. I think, you know, most people. So the one month script, was it bad? Oh, yeah, it was actually the very first draft of Breston Show. And I just like, oh, shit. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I, it was like compared to like the draft I have today, like unrecognizable. Like yeah. the main character has the same name and like this. That's, uh-huh. it. <laughs> that's um, hilarious. Completely unrecognizable from the first draft that I just I just was like, I have this idea. We're going to we're going to crank it out. Yeah. We're were you writing that with Save the Cat? By yes. chance? You were. Okay, cool. Yeah. So for, yeah, see, and that's the thing too, for me is that I feel like uh, when I told you about writing to page 40 and then giving up right to page 40, if someone would have just showed me save the cat, I really think I would have saved myself there. Cause like when I got to film school in one of my earliest screenwriting classes, our professor showed us save the cat and, you know, it was like, it's this book and teaches you structure and all these things. And that was how I wrote my first feature. But I remember just being blown away by that book and being like, Oh my God, it's like, it's almost like a plug and play formula. Like it's all set out for you. And, um, and, but that's the thing is the people who hate on it. It's like, well, you know, you still have to tell a good story. It's not, it's not writing a good story for you. It's not giving you a good idea. It's not giving you a depth of character or anything like that. So I, I always kind of dislike that hate. And also you know, I have two scripts that have done okay for me and both of them were written with save the cat hundred mm-hmm. percent. So it's like, I'm always just like, shut up. Um, <laughs> I understand works. why people feel that way, but I almost think it's like this weird insecurity thing, like to, to hate on any of the formulas because it's like, I don't know, man, you give a great writer one of those formulas and they're probably going to give you a pretty good script. Right. Exactly. It's not the formula itself is not a guarantee that the script will be good, but it's it's a starting point. Yeah, exactly. For sure. It's just a roadmap if you Mm want to use it. And also, I like you probably I I float away from that thing all the time when I'm writing and then sometimes float back into it. 
Um, it's just whatever you're feeling. And I feel like the more confident you get as a writer, the more comfortable you feel uh, doing the unexpected, um, like yeah. taking risks. Um, but okay, so we have our first draft. It takes, you know, depending on what's going on in your life, basically. Uh, you can get them done quick, you can get them done slow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so when the first draft is complete, what is the first thing that you're doing? Do you have like a writer's group? Are you sending it to peers? Um, do you do another revision on your own? Do you put it away for a while? Do you enter a contest? Like what's the first thing you're usually doing whenever you finish a script? Uh, so I do have a writer's group. We found each other via Twitter, uh, via uh, Jen Dunn's, like when she did that like spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Notes community. I yeah, yeah. this is like yeah. before it was the app. Um, but when, when she first did just like that massive spreadsheet uh, to, yeah. to have people sign up on. Yeah. And I found my little group through that. And it's uh, very cool. Still going. Like we're yeah, still going. And um, we're spread out all over. So there's me in Chicago. There's a woman in South Dakota. There's a woman from is Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love her. Yeah. I want to bring her on the show. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's uh, uh, Adriana Laplanche, who she just moved from Florida to L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know of her. I don't yeah. I don't really know her much, but uh -huh. like, yeah, I know of her. Yeah. And then um, Monica Furman, who um, is in Australia right now. So that's fun. Like, oh, scheduling cool. Our little Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a blast. Um, yeah. yeah. But they they're amazing. And they're um, my first like. Hey, guys, is this something? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I love them because they like are able to be very critical in like such a kind way. Mm -hmm. So like even when they are doing like making criticisms and like, hey, here's how to improve this, here's where this should be tweaked. Like mm -hmm. I always come away from our meetings feeling like guessed up, jazzed, like Yeah, yay. never beat down. <laughs> um so they're definitely my first like I, the phrase coming to mind is like line of defense, but that, I don't know that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it does. It does. It does to me. Yeah. 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 Um, and then besides that, like if I'm in a mood where I really just like need someone to tell me I did a good job, I'll like, I'll like send it to my husband. Cause uh -huh. he's, he's so great. He's not a writer. He's yeah. a web developer and he just like, he'll just read it and be like, you made this. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If yeah, I sometimes you need that pure gas up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it'll it'll go to him a lot of times if I'm really just like, just tell me nice things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the world's going to beat you down. At least yes. have one person who just gasses you up. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Um, are you still entering contests? Not right now with the strike. Um, oh, yeah, just, true. Uh, yeah, so it's, I, I am getting results from contests i entered before the strike yeah um, yeah but yeah i've just been choosing to just not put my work out there in really any way shape or form <laughs> yeah i mean that's smart yeah. to me yeah I, I see what you mean like because i remember that being a, a topic is like you know well x contest isn't a wga signatory right. but it's like yeah it just feels kind of weird um putting stuff out there right now so hopefully this thing gets wrapped up soon and i hope everyone out there is supporting the writers i know we all are mm -hmm. um every every single person who listens to this podcast is cool so <laughs> that's why we're all supporting the writers 
um did are you are you so like with being repped for a year now how has that been like just for you know the unrepped writer but also for me i'm about a year into well no maybe a year and a half but um but like what's it been like for you like did you get to go pre-strike like on some generals or anything like that anything exciting or have you mainly just been developing material together uh Um, what's it been like so far yeah a lot of development um of new projects i um i wrote a feature inspired by my real life uh rowing team for breast cancer survivors um Mm called power 10 and it's like a sports comedy, but again, kind of Mm. still that same like brand of like focusing on women, focusing on like specifically for this one, like older women, women over 50. Um, I love a sports comedy. Yeah. But like, yeah, seeing these older women, like as athletes, because when I literally can't think of an example (laughs) of like seeing like older women. No, me neither. uh, Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. um, In that kind of environment. So um, I was, I was in development a lot for that, um, got sent out to a couple people. And then really the biggest focus with my manager has been, um, trying to attach people to breast and show. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that just was like freaking me out kind of. Cause like, he, he, I would just hear like, Oh, well, you know, Florence Pugh passed on this. And I'm like, Florence Pugh read my script. <laughs> right. I know <laughs> that that was my whole journey too. In the beginning was just like being starstruck by every pass yeah. and just being like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, no, no, they passed. It's like, right. no, but that's crazy. They read something yeah. with my name on it. It's wild. Uh, that um, stupid thing that I was in my bedroom writing. Yeah. They read it? That's you insane. Yeah. They're like, I don't think you're getting it. They said no. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And it's it's so crazy too, because like, yeah, there's a level of like starstruckness, but at the same time, it's like it, it, you really get like that firsthand experience of how fucking hard these things are to put together and get moving. And there's just so many things that go into it and so many factors. And all it takes is one, you know, um, straw to break. Is that the right thing? I don't know, guys. I slept like five hours oh, no. and uh, my brain is turned off right now. But, um, but like all it takes is one thing, like to, 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 person to leave the project or Mm. they have like another commitment that they have to take or you know this i haven't experienced anything like this but this financier now is saying hey actually i think we're going to pull out it's just like you think you're moving forward and then it just takes one thing to set you back again and it's just like oh my god these (laughs) things that it it really like makes me realize now how it's like you know they say jordan peele i think he spent nine years trying to get get out going And um, which is insane because it's a movie that came out and just shook the world. And it's like you would think that everyone would have seen the brilliance behind it. But um, but that's how long it takes, even for a guy who was on Mad TV, had this super successful Comedy Central show and was already a name, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, But yeah, anyway, that's that's really awesome. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with that script. It seems like uh, it seems like things are really moving. I hope so. I hope so. Again, yeah. we're all we're all frozen right now, just like everybody else. But uh, yeah, I, I hope we're able to keep going once once things are resolved. You know. Yeah, I'm hoping. From what I've heard, is that people are really hoping for like September, August, okay. September for things okay. to resolve. But we'll see. I was just reading, but right before we got on a tweet saying 
how um you know we're really hoping that the actors stick to their guns about this ai issue because as long as they do with all of their power and influence then the amptp will have to give in probably to the wga ai concerns and um yeah it's a mess did you holy shit my pen is leaking all over oh, me no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's fine um but uh uh did you see that stuff about um oh my god that rattled me um oh about a certain screenwriting contest who tried to run an AI contest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I yeah. got that email like in the middle of my work day yesterday. And I was like, what is this nonsense? I am I need to keep doing this show. Like I, I'll I'll worry about this later. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I actually didn't even hear about it until this morning. A friend of mine sent me the link to uh, I guess a tweet that was like ripping them apart, as they should. But um I was just fascinated by that, like how like you know lacking in self-awareness and mm -hmm. tone deaf do you have to be in this moment when like ai concern is all the craze in the screenwriting world it's like are you guys just not paying attention to anything going on in the climate of the world that you run a company in you know like i mean like uh you know not to call them out but script is in the title of your company so <laughs> like uh it's just like holy shit that is really really wild that um that you would think that that was just going to fly and be okay. Yeah, I hated that. It just left such a bad taste in my mouth. Like, and again, like, like I was literally in the middle of doing a show. And I was just like, well, I'm going to tuck this away for later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you just hope that like we set a precedent now because just seeing that for the first time, I was like, I could see this within a few years becoming like a normal thing, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is just fucking horrible. Yep. But, um, okay, moving to brighter topics. <laughs> um, so just like Andrea, the person, not necessarily the screenwriter, um, what are some of your hobbies outside of writing that help keep you sane? Yeah, so it's funny because screenwriting started as my hobby outside of theater to keep me sane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's like progressed into so much more. Um, yeah. But as far as like outside of work at the theater and like sort of work at screenwriting. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the middle, middle ground. Yeah, I um, I guess I'm kind of like a crafty kind of person. Like I'll, I'll do like cross stitch and embroidery. Um, oh, cool. I have yeah, a friend who's really into that. She's really good. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like casual for fun when I have time. You know, like it's not. I'm not like opening an Etsy shop anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. That's fun though. I would imagine too that is like um something that really just clears your head because you're just focused on this task at hand. Yes. Yes, yeah. very much. Yeah. Kind of meditative, you know. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. That's how I feel about skateboarding. I'm a 34-year-old oh, yeah. skateboarder, <laughs> uh okay. turning 35 soon, but I'm an old man skater. I've lost all of my talent. <laughs> but um, but I still love going to the skate park. And I feel like when I do, like you said, I have work stresses I have. And screenwriting was a hobby before. Now it's like one of the main stresses of my life. Right. And yeah. um, and so to just go out and uh, focus on skateboarding and just like all you can think about is what you're doing, Um, probably like with stitching or embroidery, because if you don't, you're going to like maybe poke yourself or like something <laughs> bad could happen with yeah. skateboarding. If you're not focused, you're going to fall down. 
so um it really yeah it's become like this meditative thing um that i i really never saw it as that the whole time doing it growing up and now it's like taking this new role in my life of like yeah i i needed that you know like i just needed to get out and not think about anything else in my world um, yeah beautiful thing uh so cross stitch and embroidery um mm -hmm. rowing yeah um since being back at work haven't been able to be as involved in it because they practice on sundays when i have a matinee every week uh, uh that sucks but yeah uh but the the year and a half i was furloughed i was rowing uh <laughs> rowing all throughout the season um yeah. which was just wild uh because that's so far outside my comfort zone i have never once in my entire life considered myself an athlete mm -hmm. of anything <laughs> you know yeah. like i I took like dance classes as a kid. That was like my cardio, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. sports, never <laughs> gym class, maybe, you know, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> but like, man, it is, it, some of my friends, cause I, I connected with some other like young women who were breast cancer patients around the same time as me. And, um, two of them in particular had joined this team and they just kept like being like, Hey, Hey, come come join, come, come be 30 years old <laughs> in, uh, this, in this room full of like 60 year olds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they're amazing. Like they're just an amazing group of women. And yeah. um, it was really cool to like push myself outside of that comfort zone. Um, and again, like very meditative because we were all in like the eight seat, like sweep shells mm -hmm. like the really like narrow ones the really like long and long and skinny ones that you see and like yeah like in the social network have... yeah exactly um yeah. <laughs> and, cool uh, that's my only frame of reference for yeah. rowing <laughs> <laughs> um so you're having to like just like only pay attention to the person in front of you and like stay in in time basically and just uh yeah. it's it's really cool and, and i never would have found myself in and it's it's weird because like that and like breast and show I, I think of like situations I never would have found myself in if I hadn't had cancer so it's like you know I hate to say like there was a silver lining to it but it's like maybe not everything completely sucked as a result of having to go through that you know yeah absolutely for sure and I, like I, I think I've heard that too from other survivors it's just like that that want to go live your life more yeah. than you ever had before um after which is yeah you're right silver linings if there was one you know that would be it that's awesome um okay cool so i'm gonna make you choose one of your babies right now um andrea of the scripts that you've written which is your favorite and why oh it's it's obvious but i am gonna say breston show is my favorite um just because it is so pulled from my own life and it was so like therapeutic to write it i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah and it's there's a lot of me in it and i just i i love where it's been going i love that it's been like resonating with people um the title makes me laugh every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a great title um, yeah really funny uh, my husband actually like hates the title he think he's his his thought process is he's like He's like, there's already a movie called Best in Show. You can't call your movie Breast in Show. And I'm like, well, too bad. That's what it's called. <laughs> but that's kind of why it works. Like, um, yeah. do you remember like a year or two ago, that movie, the 40-year-old version? 
Oh, I don't know. I like actually didn't. B-E-R-S-I-O-N, like a new yeah, version of myself. Um, yeah, that. someone uh, put a movie out like that. And I think, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I didn't see it, but it was like, it made enough noise that like, you know, I knew about it. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, that shit works. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> taking like a beloved comedy and putting a twist on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually really funny because um, I came up with the title as just like a placeholder. Um, Cause I actually, another hobby, I guess, is that um, every year I um with this woman, I call her my cancer twin because we were um, diagnosed around the same time or around the same age, ended mm-hmm. up with like a lot of the same doctors. Like it was kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. We were both also former burlesque dancers and had a oh, lot wow. of like friends in common. Um, and she and I every year, host a burlesque uh and variety show fundraiser mm-hmm. for um some different nonprofits that like helped us a lot during our treatment and um that is called breast and show so my 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 annual fundraiser is called breast and show so when and that came before the screenplay <laughs> so, oh really okay yeah, cool. so when i so when i started writing this i was just like oh i can't think of a good title i'll just call it the same as my fundraiser yeah, yeah. that's gonna be fine <laughs> that's cool that, then there's even yeah. more lore to it um mm-hmm. yeah i was i was thinking that it was the other way that you named the variety show after the screenplay and i was like ah a little cross marketing we got a savvy <laughs> business-minded screenwriter oh, but um <laughs> yeah it was a happy accident yeah. <clears throat> oh another thing i wanted to ask you i'm glad i remembered uh-huh. it so you're chicago-based Yes. And I seen you a few times pushing a Midwest screenwriters meetup. Yeah. Uh, if you want to yeah. put something out there like that for all the Midwest people listening, if there's maybe five, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, um, I host a monthly meetup for Chicago area screenwriters. Other Midwest folks are welcome to come. If you feel like coming to Chicago. Um, yeah. It's a four and a half hour drive for me. I'm in St. Louis, by the way, I'm not being a dick about the Midwest. I'm allowed to say it. There's not many of us out here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's typically the third Monday of the month um, at the long room in Ravenswood for folks who are, who are here and know where that is um, mm-hmm. in their back room. And it's, it's great. Cause it, um, it uh varies a lot like some months there'll be like 20 people who show up and some months there's like five and they're both mm-hmm. great and um really fun like in their own ways and sometimes like last month i just like i just like arrange it and then i'm like i can't come bye everyone <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> have amazing a, have a good time without me <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's been we've been doing it for almost a year every month um next month it'll be a year of of doing these meetups Mm -hmm. cool like what's it what's it what's it like what's the vibe like are you guys like just hanging out talking about life or are you talking about writing i'm curious because in st louis we don't have anything like that Uh maybe maybe i need to start it but um but i'm because i always see cool new york and la writers meetups and Mm -hmm. i'm just damn like that seems so fun so like what's the vibe like are you guys like hanging out and talking about writing and your scripts or are you just kind of hanging yeah. So it's definitely like mixer vibes, you know, like I, I have come across a couple people who like are like nervous to come because they think we're like sharing work yeah, um, and like reading things. And I'm like, uh-uh, that's not, that's not the yeah. vibe. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, but like, we do talk a lot about writing. We'll like <laughs> talk about, Oh, what are you working on right now? A lot of like conversation like you and I are having right now, just like, Oh, well, do you outline what kind of outline style do you use? Like just yeah. it's, 
really cool conversation. And sometimes it's just like, what movies have you been seen recently? Like what, yeah. how's work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, people like to ask me about my job because my job is weird, but. Um, yeah, it is yeah. awesome. That is super interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it really varies, but it is, it is mostly like conversation about writing and movies and screenwriting. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to start one here. I bet if it was very much, like you said, it was very much born out of the jealousy of seeing the LA and New York meetups and just being like, we have, we have people in Chicago. I can do that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The LA ones I've seen, it's like fucking 80 people hanging out on like a patio and I'm like, geez, that would be, (laughs) I actually, it kind of makes my anxiety rise. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I'm prepared for all that, (laughs) but yeah, anyway, it does seem fun. Um, okay. So what's a recent accomplishment that you're proud of could be screenwriting related, but it doesn't have to. Definitely surviving this last month of work because I have been putting up a production of the who's Tommy at the Goodman theater here in Chicago. It's amazing. If you're listening to this and you're in Chicago, come see it. It's running Please through. Go August. See it. Yeah. It's running through August 6th. It's hopefully a pre Broadway runs. So this is like hopefully going to New York. Um, oh, wow. And it was probably, it was, de- it was definitely one of maybe the like hardest tech process of like my entire life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, just in terms of hours and how many physical costumes there are and just like, like, but like, thank God, everybody, all of the actors are just like the sweetest people mm-hmm. ever. And like, I love working with them. I love the show. Like now that it's up and running, I'm having a great time, but just like getting that, getting that on its feet and being able to say like, it is open, it is running. Yes. It's like a huge sense of accomplishment. Like I did it. I lived. I survived. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, it does seem like um and I can imagine it being this way, but like yeah, it does seem like your job is definitely very fast-paced. Yes. And it like almost like seems to like come in waves of like really oh, yeah. stressful time and then it's like cool. And Absolutely. um that is that yeah. is an accurate perception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My life is pure chaos. Uh, yeah that's awesome uh okay yeah and everyone if you're in chicago or around chicago i encourage you to go see that for sure know what's crazy about me and i really want to change this as soon as possible i've never seen live theater like an actual like play maybe like maybe when i was really young but like not like an adult play and um but i've like like i've been involved with the improv shop in st louis which is a live improv theater that if you're in around st louis you should go check out they're amazing people but um that's improv you know what i mean you're just making it up as you go there's no fun costumes there's no fun (laughs) set design well we have set design but it's the same set every show right but um but yeah no like i really need to go see something uh so Maybe I'm going to drive up tonight and go to the show in Chicago. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> but I would love to go see something really soon. And St. Louis has like an active theater scene, too. So yeah, no definitely. Excuse. Um, but yeah, I just I need to go see it. Um, so finally, we've reached the last question. Andrew. <laughs> uh, I want to know, what are a few words of advice that you would give to your fellow screenwriters out there, especially to those who are just getting started? Um, I think when I was first getting started, 
the most helpful thing for me was finding my writing group. Mm. Um, it, it they would just have helped me so much throughout all of this. And like, I think just finding that community of people, even if it's just like a very small, you know, little community of, of people who are like at your level, mm-hmm. um, yep. who you can help each other grow, watch each other, like kind of rise together um is just a very cool experience and has just been you know like i said they're my they're my first they're my go-to when i've got something new um and yeah it's just hugely helpful so that would probably be my my number one piece of advice would be finding a writing group or a group of peers or somebody that you can like share your stuff with and get like trusted feedback from Definitely. A hundred percent agree. And I'm glad you brought it back around to that because I did want to plug, I want to shamelessly self-promote Jennifer Dunn did an episode of this podcast that you can go back and listen to where we talk all about this app that she created. I think it's the notes community app and um, yeah, you can find a writer's group through that. And Andrea's living proof that, you know, hers is sticking, you know, it's been going for a while now. So um, I think that's super important too. like just in screenwriting or if you're in the filmmaking world, making short films or anything like finding your people is so important because there's a bunch of different kinds of people doing this stuff and everyone's fine. But like it it really helps to find people who like fit your vibe. Um, For sure. Okay, cool. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks for having me. All right, y'all. Episode 34 is in the books. I want to thank Andrea Birding for coming on the show. Great guest. Really cool, funny person. Uh, Interesting writer with an interesting background. And I can't wait to see what she does in her career. Things are really starting to buzz for her. And uh, I'm just very excited to see it. It's so cool seeing people that I've been following for like three and a half years now on Twitter where they're at now compared to where they were whenever and where I was three and a half years ago when we began interacting. It's just really, really dope. Um, Again, St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase is this Saturday at 9 p.m. July 22nd at the High Point Theater, um, where you can catch CAPTCHA. It's in the Narrative Shorts 4 program. Um, yeah, if you're in or around St. Louis, please come check it out and, uh, you know, come find me and say hi. Uh, I would really appreciate it. I hope everyone likes the movie. Um, if you like what you hear in this episode and you want to say something about it, please do on social media, on Instagram or Twitter. You can tag us up at social writer pod. Um, say something smart that Andrea said, say something dumb that I said, uh, you know, whatever, nothing is off limits. Um, you know, last, last episode, I rambled a lot at the end and just kind of as a test to see if anyone was listening and like five people uh, specifically said that online that they they listened all the way to the end. So you guys are awesome. (laughs) That's so crazy. Um, I should start just burying like cryptic messages at the end of these or just like singing fucking one week by the bare naked ladies and uh, you guys finish the lyric. I don't know. We'll do something fun. We'll keep it fresh. Uh, But that's about it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Andrea. She's great. She's awesome. Go follow her at Andrea Birding on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know about Instagram, but Twitter for sure. Uh, Go give her a follow. She's a good follow. 
uh that's it for me guys you know it's hot out there so drink water especially if you're out picketing which once again thank you to everyone out there picketing we're in strong support of the wga and sag aftra this is a it feels like a monumental time and it's so interesting that this is happening as many of us me and a lot of you listening are like on the cusp of breaking into the industry. This is such an interesting time for that to be happening. Uh, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm walking in on my parents fighting. And I'm like, I should, I should just go to my room and wait this out. But, uh, but it's happening and it's a good thing. Sometimes you got to rip that band-aid off and fucking tell a bunch of rich people that you're not going to take it anymore. So that's it, guys. Anyway, yeah, drink a lot of water. Try to get enough sleep. Eat some green vegetables. Eat some fruits, but don't, not too much sugar. Um, basically, every time I tell you guys this, it's shit that I need to do. Um, get out and exercise. Tomorrow, I'm going to try to, well, actually Thursday is my birthday, my 35th birthday, and I'm going to try to do 35 kickflips. Uh, and film it and post it because I'm a fucking nerd. Anyway, that's it, guys. All right, love you. Bye. Oh wait, how do I usually do that? Oh, bye. The social